Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, the show that tackles the most taboo money topics you're currently thinking about. I'm Nicole Lappin, financial expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe that just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean we need to be financially distancing. Everyone has concerns about money these days, but the biggest problem is not talking about it. So that's why we're back for a special season to face these issues and talk about solutions. Because there are solutions. So let's not stress and get through this together. Hey, Nicole. Oh, hey, Jason. So I know that you have been keeping the wine industry and business over there. I have. and Single-handedly. Yeah, you're usually drinking while we're recording these. And so I decided today I'm going to join you. Check out what I have here. I have it over here. Uh This is, I'm going to uncork this baby right on mic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. (laughs) So this is a bottle of Ardbeg, and it cost me 60 bucks. And I usually do not spend that kind of money on a bottle of alcohol. But the reason I did it is because these are stressful times, and I am feeling super stressed. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, a little indulgence cannot hurt. And so my question to you is, good decision, bad decision? I have a little, I have some money. I have spent it in a very indulgent way on an expensive bottle of scotch. You know, these are times where people are very rightfully worried about money. I have lost quite a lot of money in the last month and a half. What should we be doing here? Drinking. That's what you should be doing. So you approve? I totally approve. You know, I think that in the BC times, we should have allowed for small indulgences. And in these crazy corona times, we can also have small indulgences. And you know what? Our options for small indulgences are very slim right now. Mm. So you're not going out and buying a cocktail, which, by the way, in New York City, if we went out and we all grabbed drinks, it would be more than 60 bucks. But guess what? We can't even do that now. We can't even take a cab or a subway. So we're saving there. That's true. Net, net. It comes out better. 60 bucks over here really stretches. It totally stretches. Just don't make any big decisions when you're drunk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Or panic. Well, I am glad that you support my drinking habit. And this is a good lead in to our conversation today because we are talking about money that is socked away, savings, 401ks. We've got this question. Let's listen to it. Hi, Jason and Nicole. This is Alexander Lewis. My wife and I run a freelance copywriting company called Lewis Commercial Writing. As the economy has gone crazy and the market has plummeted, I've been wondering if I should be doing something with my savings. I have a little money in an IRA, and my wife and I have been trying to be aggressive with our savings, but are there opportunities in the market we should be paying closer attention to? I love your advice. Thanks. I love the show. Oh, thanks, Alexander. That was so nice. Yeah, appreciate you. So this is a great question, and Nicole, I asked a similar question of... My wife and I have an investment account at Fidelity, and we talked to the money manager person just as this was starting. And we said, should we do something? Should we take money out? Should we? What should we do? And they said, don't do anything. Hold, stay. It's going to go down. It'll come back up. Don't do anything. And so that's what we did. We did nothing. That's, uh, that's just where I am. What should Alexander be doing? 
I think that's right. I think that you shouldn't be changing much in terms of the investments you have right now. Stocks go up, stocks go down. That's what stocks do. It's like a roller coaster. You bought the ticket, you take the ride. And so I think it's really important right now to truly keep your blinders on. And even if you have money on the sidelines, I would put more money in if you do have a long-term investment horizon. So if you're not nearing retirement, you have a long time, you can go through these ups and downs. You know, nobody knows whether we're in the high or the low area, but the only truism on Wall Street is buy low, sell high, and stuff is on sale right now. So if you do have money on the sidelines, that's fancy Wall Street speak for saying you have some money, and you have a long-term investment horizon and your dollar cost averaging, you know what dollar cost averaging is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my fidelity guy explained it to me and I wrote oh, it down about it. And now I've sort of forgotten. You can do um, it. It has you. to do with making. OK, wait, I think it's coming back to me. It's it's setting an amount that is reasonable for you to be investing. And then you do the same amount regardless of what the market is doing so that you're just over time hitting an average of how the market is performing. Am I right? Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Good job. Thank you. For easy math, like if you had $12,000, then I wouldn't put all that $12,000 in the market on one day, right? Because you don't know if you're closer to the low, you don't know if you're closer to the high. Mm. And so then I would take $1,000 like every month and put $1,000 in the market. So you're hedging for those fluctuations. So if you do have that dollar cost averaging down pat, and you have a long-term investment horizon, and you're not putting all your savings into the market, then this is a really good time to invest. Like, stuff is on sale. Think of it like going shopping. I know that's not your thing. No. But think but of I like it shopping like, for money. I love shopping for money. My favorite places to shop are, like, for stocks and domain names. <laughs> like, <laughs> when people say, what's my favorite shopping site? I'm like, go daddy, obviously. Is Wait, that what, what? All women I know this want? is a side tangent, but what domain names have you bought recently? So I would rather have the domain name I've always wanted than a ring. <laughs> wow, you're one in a billion. I would really love dabomb.com <laughs> I can't make that up. So, as you were talking about, you know, putting money into the market if you can, I was reminded of this thing that somebody I know well has done, which is me dancing around that I'm not sure that this is a totally kosher thing and so I'm not going to identify them. The bank, his bank is allowing him to put off the mortgage payments for three months, just like three months you don't have to do mortgage payments, which is, of course, really designed for people who... Uh, can't pay the mortgage, but it's available to anybody. And so he has hit pause on the mortgage and then he's taking the money that he would have spent on three months worth of mortgages and he's putting it into the market because he feels like it's a better spend on that money. What do you think of that? I would say that could work potentially, but also, you know, there's a play to say rates are super low right now for mortgages. So if you refinance to a much lower rate, there's a strategy where you can actually pay more monthly, but pay it off quicker, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so there's another sort of arbitrage, which is, again, fancy speak for just saying like how best to play these different elements to your advantage. 
And that would be like taking money out of a low interest earning account, whether your retirement account or your savings account, and then paying off your mortgage with that because you're not making very much in interest from a savings account. You're making, you know, less than 1%. So the APRs, as you know, Jason. <clears throat> yes. Interest rate. APRs on, on your credit card. Credit card. Yes. APY on the savings account. And so APYs right now are way low, right? So the interest rates being low cuts both ways. It's dope for mortgages. Um, it's not so rad for when you're getting that interest. And so even if you have an online high yield savings account, you're probably making like one point something percent, which is super nothing. Yeah. That's not a lot. And with mortgage rates being really low right now, some folks are taking advantage of that and then paying off their mortgage quicker. Yeah. This reminds me also of a big question I'm getting asked about what to do with student loans, because there's a similar situation happening with student loans right now where you don't technically have to pay, but you can pay. And I would encourage you, if you can pay, not to do all this cockamamie arbitrage thing that your friend is doing. But I would think about paying off your student loans because all of that money is going to the principal right now. And so mm. you could actually pay it off faster. So wait, let's go to Alexander's question more directly because he was specifically asking about his retirement savings and whether or not there is something that he should be doing with that. I mean, I figure I've always been taught, like once it's in a retirement account, don't touch it at all unless you absolutely have to. So I would think that unless he needs the money to pay off bills or something, that there's just no reason he should be touching it. Or unless, is there some reason because of the crazy market situation that we're in that there's some better thing to be doing with that money that's sitting in his retirement account now? I don't think if you're a novice investor, especially, that you should be trying to play these different factors against each other. We're in unprecedented times right now. So I wouldn't encourage any fanciness. I would really stick to basics, which includes not touching your 401k, as you rightly know, not touching your retirement accounts, because people forget, you know, you have to pay taxes when you take that money out. This is, yeah, this is like, people are tricked into thinking if you have a 401k and you're putting some money into 401k, then that is your retirement. They're like, all set on retirement. As long as you checked the box when you signed up to work at your company that says, yes, put 3% into the 401k, that I'm all set, A-okay, send me to Florida retirement. But yeah, that is how not the is, case. How is putting 3% away going to help you for 30 years or so in retirement? You know, that we've never seen a generation to rely solely on a 401k for retirement. That, by the way, is connected to the whims of the stock market. Pensions didn't work that way. So back in the day, you know, you'd have a pension. And so we don't have that same guarantee. Forget about social security. That's like a whole other mess. But a 401k on its own is not going to sustain your lifestyle, period, end of story. Like we, we have to get that out of our minds. So the more the merrier, especially when it comes to retirement, different accounts, different sort of tax exposures, a Roth exposure, which is where you pay taxes now. You can have a Roth 401k. You can have a Roth IRA, of course. There's a traditional version as well. So you want to try to pay some taxes now so you're not, you know, when you are old and 
need that money, then you don't want to just have half of what you thought you would be getting. Yeah. Talk me through if somebody is in a situation where they are out of money or very close to, and now they're looking very closely at that money that they had socked away in the 401k, what's going to happen if they touch it? Should they touch it? Is that an absolute last resort? I mean, right now we're seeing unprecedented relief across the board, right? So 401ks and what Alexander alluded to and you did by not paying the same penalties. Yeah, that is an available option. It's not an option that you have to take. It's not an option you should take unless you absolutely need it. You know, you could have taken money out of your Roth IRA, no questions asked, if you, you know, wanted to get plastic surgery. It wouldn't have mattered, you know, whether or not there was an emergency. It's never been that way for a 401k until now. And when you take money out of a 401k, or in some cases, when you take money out of the market, if you have capital gains, you're going to pay taxes. So it's not like free money. You know, you're going to have a tax bill. And so even if you take money out, you really need to be prepared for what the tax implications and ramifications are going to be. So, right. So it's like, you can touch it if you absolutely need to. You're not going to get all the money that's actually sitting there in the 401k, but you're not going to get penalized further, right? Like, I feel like when I've heard people say, don't touch the 401k, in part of it's like, oh God, you're going to lose so much money, but you're just going to get taxed on it as if you never put it into the 401k in the beginning, right? You know, if you buy back into it, this is a really good time to hold on to anything related to the stock market, right? Because it's low. You don't want to be missing out right now and then have to rebuy the same things potentially at a higher price. Like that doesn't make sense, Mm. right? Just hold on to it, ride it out. This is a thing that happens. And especially if you have a long-term horizon, like put those blinders on right now. Okay. So where, if I got a little money, should I put it? Like index funds? This is a good time to buy the index funds? Everybody is so excited about index funds. Like I get so <laughs> many questions about them. Maybe it's because Warren Buffett said that the best investment are low cost S&P 500 index funds. Oh, that's funny. I thought Warren Buffett had said the best investment was dabomb.com. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think if you look at what Warren Buffett says, that dude, he knew what's up with investing, of course. So if you're looking at low-cost index funds for the S&P 500, so an index, right, Jason, is yeah. like the Dow. You know, you hear on the news all the time, the Dow is up, the Dow is down, the S&P mm-hmm. is up, the S&P is down. So the S&P 500, of course, tracks 500 of the biggest companies. You know, the Dow tracks 30 of the biggest companies. Like, it's an index. So by buying an index fund, you're basically buying a piece of all of the companies that are in that index without having to buy each of the companies specifically. So you already have a diversified portfolio. You already have diversified exposure. Index funds are technically mutual funds. The other option that's diversified and you have a lot of options and they trade like a stock are ETFs, which are exchange traded funds. And by the way, you can get in with a pretty low minimum uh, you have to just decide if you want to be a hands-on or a hands-off investor. So hands-on investors, you know, look to the Fidelities, the Vanguards, the Schwabs, the E-Trades of the world. The hands-off investors look to the robo-advisors. So the new school, the wealth fronts, the betterments, you know, all of that type stuff. So think about what type of investor you want to be. And my suggestion is, especially if you are getting into investing for the first time, 
this is not a time to like buy individual stocks. You're not a day trader. I've been getting questions like, should I buy Zoom? It's the first time I'm buying a stock. No, like I get it. Zoom is going gangbusters. I got it. Um, no, I think that having an already diversified portfolio gives you great diversification and exposure across the board uh, for a very little investment. And going back to what Warren, because we're on a first name basis, mm-hmm. obviously, had to say, you know, the low cost part of it is really important as well because you don't want to get screwed on fees. Um, if you have a little money set aside right now, maybe you don't feel like playing the market or whatever. I, I just how should people be thinking about their money? You know, the way that I'm thinking about it clearly is largely in terms of Scotch whiskey approved, but more you know more to the point that like I'm going to spend as little as I can, which has become easier because I can't leave the house, so I'm not going to restaurants and I'm not going to bars, but also just making sure that I'm keeping my sanity as much as possible by drinking your sorrows away yeah and drinking my sorrows away is there basically is there anything else to be doing to be thinking about or is it just really in terms of alcohol the idiom is cash is king and i say cash is queen Mm. honestly like you do need some cash right now and this is the very first time that financial advisors experts pundits are saying squirrel away more cash. We are in a pandemic. This is serious times. You know, this is the first time that we've even considered having folks pay the minimum on credit cards. That's normally like not textbook financial advice. But right now, cash is so important because having that little rainy day fund or refunding your rainy day fund because it's pouring right now is really, really important. And making sure that you have your own back for the essentials is really, really important. And it trumps like all sorts of other fancy high tootin investment strategies and arbitrage. Like first and foremost, take care of yourself and your essentials and your housing and your food. Make sure you have enough money to pay those basic bills. Don't do anything fancy that's going to lock you up from not being able to take care of your family if this craziness continues. My TED Talk is over. (laughs) That was good. You know what I heard in all that? I heard space for this. Oh, Oh, it's such a good sound. (laughs) It's such a good sound. Isn't that one of his questions on Inside the Actor's Studio? What is your favorite sound? Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, now I know. That's good. I'm prepared. (laughs) Google to make yourself entertained. Um, Matt Damon's answer to your favorite sound. I think he just made up a... He just went like... (laughs) 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 And it provides endless entertainment. So yes, it's the little things. It's the little sounds. It's the little clips. You know, there are ways to satisfy those extras and those small indulgences for free. And so when you're really trying to be cost conscious right now and make sure that you have enough cash because it's queen, then you know what? It's those little free moments that are invaluable. You know what's not free? Scotch. TheBomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 